Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Eddie Radosevich, the host of Franchise Oklahoma Morning Show over there in Norman, Oklahoma. And Eddie, it's been a while, man. Appreciate you coming on. How you doing this afternoon, man? Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are my SEC neighbors, my SEC brethren? Always an eventful day here in Norman, America. I, I know. Do we do we kind of treat it to like where the parents have told you that uh, you know we're we're adopting you a new brother, and then you just have to wait until the process comes in? But you're so excited <laughs> until it actually happens. Is that what it's like? Yeah, that's right. I, I think that's right. It, you know, I've been indoctrinated a little bit, but I'm ready for the full spend. Uh, come uh, SEC media days here and you know whenever that time comes I was going to say next year hopefully next year but um, yeah it's been uh, it's been an eventful uh, what what hasn't even been 24 hours now it's been an eventful uh, here 12 hours or so and we were out at practice this morning and uh, you know I think certainly people have made them uh, their 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 thoughts known on the subject let's put it that way especially with a guy in Caleb Gundy, who, you know, he's been associated with the Oklahoma football program for just about the entirety of my lifetime. So, uh, you know, certainly shocking, certainly uh, surprising news to come out late Sunday night. Uh, but, you know, it, it kind of goes back to the statement that Brevin Venables had just put out here on Monday afternoon. But, uh, you know, I think that he wants a, a point of direction and a point to uh, continue to move forward here as uh, they try to uh, kind of get themselves over the first speed bump of what has been really a little bit of a, a honeymoon period for uh, Brent Venables and the start of his, uh, you know, start of his career in Norman. So with that statement from Coach Venables, does that give some clarity more so than what you kind of heard initially and uh, and kind of where we are now with the situation? Yeah, you know, I, I think so. Uh, I think so. And, you know, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how this plays out. I think that there was a lot of people that I kind of had hoped that they would, uh, you know, find a way to reconciliation or, you know, a point that maybe there was going to be a groundswell of support for uh, Kel Gundy that maybe they could bring him back. And, you know, I, I, the way that I've read this uh, this, this news statement from uh, Brent Fettables, I certainly don't think that will be on the table anytime soon. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that kind of maybe adds a little bit of clarity to uh, the situation that, that unfolded uh, last Friday. Yeah, it, it was kind of a crazy thing, too, because it seemed like it just came out of nowhere. And, you know, obviously people know about Kale Gundy, but just looking at it from the, the football perspective and, and the coaching perspective, how big of an impact is this to Oklahoma football, especially seeing some of the players that he's recruited as being a Sooner coach? Yeah, sure. Like, I, I think it would be pretty asinine for me to sit here and say that it's not that big of a deal. I mean, it's going to uh, affect him in recruiting. Uh, you know, he, he led the charge even going all the way back to uh, January when everything was kind of falling, uh, it seemed like falling apart within the program after Lincoln Riley made his uh, intentions known and departed for Los Angeles. Uh, you know, I, I, Kel Gundy and Bob Stoops were kind of the two guys that kind of kept everything together, that kind of kept the glue of uh, what the program was. It was Kel Gundy that was going out and making uh, in-home visits uh, in, you know, kind of in place of Lincoln Riley. You know, there was a, there was a freshman linebacker from uh, Lubbock and Kobe McKenzie, a rival 250 guy, that, you know, basically said that he had flipped to Texas and flipped back to Oklahoma because of the pitch that Kel Gundy offered and kind of the vision of keeping everything together within the program. Uh, you're not going to find a guy that 
uh, knew more about the program, uh, could relate to the players more, having played here himself. And, you know, I, I, he's just a very, very good recruiter. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, first and foremost, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the interim. Uh, Damian Washington has been named the interim coach. He was up at, uh, he's an offensive uh, uh, analyst for Oklahoma. He spent some time at Missouri, but he's even a guy that, you know, two, three years ago, he's coaching middle school ball. So, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. This obviously, uh, you know, sitting 25 days away from the start of the season isn't the best time to be looking for a position coach. Uh, so, you know, I, I think with Damian Washington is probably going to be the wide receivers coach for the interim for, you know, basically what will be the entirety of the football season. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see from a recruiting standpoint just how uh, big and how, you know, how affected uh, this, this 2023 recruiting class has become. Uh, you know, Oklahoma's had a really good month, uh, month and a, you know, a handful of days on the recruiting trail, going from the mid 40s to top 10, and it kind of all started with uh, Jaquay Petaway being the guy that you know Kel Gundy had recruited, and he kind of started the snowball effect there at the beginning of July. So, it is uh, certainly surprising news, and uh, yeah, but I'll, I'll just be completely honest. Certainly not something that uh, I've enjoyed having to spend the entire day talking about. It's just a very uncomfortable subject. Did Oklahoma retain many coaches after Lincoln Riley, or was Kel Gundy one of few? And you're talking about a guy that was there with Bob Stoops, Lincoln Riley, and then Brent Venables. Yeah, Kale, they basically kept the entire offensive staff. Uh, Dennis Simmons, the wide receivers coach, moved on with Lincoln Riley. Uh, but Bill Biedenboe, Kel Gundy, uh, you know, they were kind of – DeMarco Murray, Joe John Finley – uh, a bunch of the offensive guys stayed around, and they, they were retained on Jeff Levy's offensive staff. Uh, and then, you know, ever, basically everybody went with uh, Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch from the defensive side of the ball. Alex Grinch, obviously the defensive coordinator now for USC. Uh, Calvin Thibodeau ended up at SMU, and then everybody else ended up at USC. So uh, four or five guys, I think, retained from uh, from the staff, so just about over half of the 10-member on-field staff. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, guy in Kel Gundy had spent 23 uh, of the past seasons in Norman uh, since joining Bob Stoops staff in 1999. And I think, you know, that's why uh, when you get onto the Twitter machine today, uh, you're going to see so many, uh, you know, I, I guess motives of, uh, you know, backing of, of what kind of the person that Kel Gundy is. Because I think there's a lot of people that, uh, feel really bad for the guy right now, but I think at the same time you can also recognize the, you know, what happened and what unfolded last Friday during that position meeting. Just it can't happen. It, it just cannot happen during today's times or ever. Speaking with Eddie Radosevich, the host of Franchise Oklahoma here on the Jones and Son Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Uh, Eddie, you know, just speaking about Brent Venables, it's like you know, I see the coaches poll comes out today, and you know, talking about more stuff on the field. I see Oklahoma at number nine, and some people are like, "Wow, okay, so they, you know, they lost their coach, lost some coordinators, they had a lot of change and and everything." But with that also comes, you know, expectations and, and all that stuff that comes around with it. Just how do you feel about Brent Venables and this team heading into this season? I mean, are they worthy of being a top ten team right now, or do you think it's more of a, a wait and see to see how the season goes? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's probably wait and see to a certain extent. Uh, you know, I, I think that the people when people talk about expectation and what's reality going into this season, I kind of explain it in this regard that 
it was probably the most disappointing season uh, in recent Oklahoma memory, especially on the football field, the way things went last season. And you look up and they were 9-0 and at one point, and they ended up winning 11 games. They go 11-2, and uh, you know, obviously with losses on the road to Baylor and uh, Oklahoma State. It was an extremely disappointing outcome for a season, and they, they still found a way to get to double-digit wins. They still found a way to get to 11 wins. Uh, you know, I, I think there's going to be obviously questions on the defensive side of the football. They got to replace three big time playmakers on the defensive line and Perry Allen Winfrey, Nick Benito, and Isaiah Thomas. Uh, you know, they've done so in, in kind of a certain fascinating way because they went and got a Jeffrey Johnson, a uh, captain coming into Tulane, who they believe is going to play a lot of snaps at uh, defensive tackle. Uh, you know, they, they, they went and out of the 10 transfer guys that they brought in through the transfer portal, I wouldn't be surprised if seven or eight played major contributions for Oklahoma. Uh, you know, obviously Dylan Gabriel's going to catch a lot of the attention. Uh, they go from a you know a Caleb Williams and a quarterback that you know I think a lot of people felt like the uh, the ceiling was extremely extremely high for him. I still think it's going to be in Los Angeles for Trojan fans, but at the same time, uh, you know their quote unquote fallback option ended up being a guy that's thrown for eight thousand yards in college and thrown for seventy touchdowns. So uh, you know, I, I, there's there's Definitely some borderline optimism as far as what this team can be. Uh, to sit here and say that I think they can win a national championship, I don't know if I'm ready to say that. But, you know, I, good luck going around Norman, Oklahoma, and telling people that they shouldn't have expectations to be playing for a national title. I think that uh, you'd, you'd be better off uh, trying to get people to sign up for the, no, the Horns Up for Peace visit, and that probably wouldn't go very well either. Schools have different approaches when it comes to access for practice. Oklahoma has had some open practices. What have you been able to take away from those? Oh, now, now, now you you found something that I could start talking on a little bit more. We <laughs> we went to forty minutes of practice this morning, and uh, you know, under the previous regime, that was just something that wasn't going to be happening. Uh, we would get you know ten fifteen minutes at the beginning of each season, ten fifteen minutes during the spring, and that would kind of call it a day. Uh, we we we've we've been kind of almost over compensated with how much time we've been able to spend at practice and things that we've been able to do. So no complaints there with the uh, kind of I guess in some regard open door policy, even though it is definitely uh, closed practice. So I think we're going to get once a week that we can go in and watch practice. But uh, certainly been appreciated appreciative of that. I think we went in four or five times during the spring. So uh, it's been. Uh, I guess you could say it's been a night and day difference in that regard. Another thing, too, Eddie, that I wanted to ask you about specifically is just kind of reverting it also to the Arkansas-Oklahoma connection. Arkansas' Jaden Hazelwood, a wide receiver that played at Oklahoma last year, led the team in receptions and in touchdown passes. There's a lot of Razorback fans are here saying, oh, please, just let him be just a little bit like Traylon Burks. Let him be able to pick up a lot of that production, which is a lot to ask of anybody. But you obviously watched him. You you covered him last year. What do you make of Jaden Hazelwood, and what type of wide receiver do you think he can be at a place like Arkansas? Sure. I mean, I, I think he could be really, really good. I mean, obviously there is a lot of God-given physical talent there. He just really hasn't been able – I don't I don't want to say get out of his own way. He had a couple injuries this freshman season. Uh, the offense as a whole was just in a weird spot a year ago. Uh, but I, you know, the tools are there. It's just about putting it all together. And I think that, 
uh, with a little bit of growth, with a little bit of maturity. And let's just be completely honest. Sometimes it works out best that just a change in scenery will be will be good for him. And you know, I, I, I certainly think that uh, being comfortable in the offense is going to be a good thing for him. And you know, just from a personal level, and all my experiences with Jaden, he was an awesome kid to deal with. Uh, his family was awesome. His dad actually went to the same high school that I did in Oklahoma City. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's stuff like that that uh, maybe just a little bit of a reset uh, will probably do the kid really well. I, I, I hope he finds some success with Arkansas here this season. I think it's uh, probably going to be one of those guys, if everything can come together, that you look at as a as a big win for Arkansas out of the, out of, uh, the transfer portal. So uh, there, there's a lot of just – physical talent that is there right? just talent that you can't teach i think it's about finding a little bit of confidence maybe they had lost over the last couple seasons in norman and uh just making the most of an opportunity and if he can do that uh i think razorback fans will uh will find a reason to fall in love with him. well eddie there you talked about some of the things he can improve on what is it that he does best to start with i think probably you know it, it, it's so unfair because we we really just never saw him put those big games together. We never really saw him put, it was, it was, it was, it was, you know, catches here and there, uh, you know, catches and games that were, uh, you know, put away late, things like that. I, I would say that, you know, he's certainly a guy that can go get the ball. I think just look at his physical attributes and it, it's easy to tell that he's a guy that can go get the football. He has soft hands. Uh, it's just kind of putting everything together. So like, I, it, it's hard to really get like, that big of a, uh, a scouting report for him just because the, the resume that he had put together at Oklahoma is kind of a lack thereof. There really isn't a whole lot there. And it is too crazy. Is like if you think about just a couple of years ago, or I guess maybe just a little over a year ago, you know, Michael Woods went from Arkansas to Oklahoma, wide receiver, and then the wide receiver from Oklahoma comes to Arkansas. We saw that happen also with Arkansas and LSU this year where they lost some cornerbacks and defensive backs to sure. LSU, LSU, then had some cornerbacks come to Arkansas. That's what's, It kind of makes it almost crazy in this transfer portal that we talk about with the players always moving around everywhere. But sometimes, in some cases, it's almost like a straight-up trade between two teams where a player out of one position, it may not work out for one place, but goes to another place and ends up being an even trade in that regard. No, it, it certainly is. And, I, you know, I think that just from following recruiting and, and following the way that the transfer portal has kind of transformed uh, the college football game, it is – it's fun in a way. I could see why fans of it uh, would would not like it as much. It, you know, a team can obviously get better through the transfer portal almost immediately overnight, but there is like a certain element of uh, you know falling in love with a player or falling in love with uh, somebody that is coming into the school that you root for, and all of a sudden he's gone overnight. It's, it's not like you're signing up for a three four year deal. Anymore. Eddie, what, what kind of a excitement is around Oklahoma basketball? Arkansas, Oklahoma playing basketball again. And we saw that they were pretty good for a stretch last year, but they had some ups and downs. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's kind of interesting. It's like OU basketball last year, it kind of left everybody with such a sour taste in the mouth with the way that the season ended. Oklahoma lost some games, obviously missed out on the NCAA tournament in Porter Motors' first season. And then they were a team that, once again, kind of got – hit hard in the transfer portal. Uh, you know, I think that there were some guys that uh, signed on to the, to the uh, Porter Moser uh, experience and didn't like what they had in the first season. They wanted to go find a way to uh, get on the floor, uh, particularly a guy named Mo Gibson, and they've kind of had to restructure the roster here 
over the first uh, you know couple seasons of the Porter Moser era, and they brought in a they they loved their freshman class. They went back to the transfer portal, brought in Grant Shurfield, who's been granted his NCAA wager, uh, waiver for immediate eligibility coming in from Nevada. They're still waiting on Joe Bamisil, uh, the six-four uh, guard out of uh, George Washington, Virginia Tech. So they feel like they can get it with him. He's averaging 18 points through Oklahoma's first two games over in Europe. Uh, they're on a little bit of a European uh, tour right now going through uh, Spain and France uh, with the women's basketball program. So – uh, they, they love their freshman class. They love some of the, the pieces that are coming together or uh, returning next season. Uh, you know, obviously with the Groves brothers who played well in that, that matchup at the BOK Center in Tulsa last year with against Arkansas uh, and Jalen Hill. Uh, they think that they got a little bit of growth out of C.J. Noland and uh, Bijan Cortez in the backcourt. So uh, it'll be interesting. I think that they have some, uh, some high expectations, obviously. I don't think that Porter Moser wants to miss the NCAA tournament for the second consecutive season at Oklahoma. So, uh, you know, I, I think there's a little bit of pressure in that regard to getting back to the tournament, but they do feel like they're going to have some pieces in place. Uh, you know, playing in the SEC or playing in the Big 12, though, uh, is kind of a different animal, night in and night out. Uh, two really, really good basketball conferences. So it will be interesting to see how it comes together, but I think that there is some, uh, some hope that they can take a step in a positive direction. It'll be a little bit better than they were in 1916 last year. Well, I can tell you this. I'm still pretty bummed and upset that they don't have an official name for this awesome rivalry of Arkansas and Oklahoma happening in the BOK Center in Tulsa. Like, how has there not been an official name at this point in time? Hey, if we if we put our uh, minds together and maybe a little bit of cash, I'm sure that we could uh, find somebody's, uh, you know, I, at least find somebody's uh, ear, and they would probably listen to us a little bit more. Yeah, well, I saw that because at, <laughs> at least according to the Arkansas Razorbacks.com, they called it the Crimson and Cardinal Classic. It's like, we can oh, do better. Oh, yeah, we no, can like, do better. We like, can do better. Just, just, hey, get the colors of both teams and make it a classic. Like, come on, there's somebody's got to do better than that. But 100%. We can do a lot better. Yeah, I believe we, in us. Yeah, we got to figure that out at, at some point in time. But no, it should be exciting, man. And uh, uh, real quick, Eddie, before I let you go, because I haven't had a chance to talk to you, I went to Oklahoma State for the uh, uh, regionals for baseball this past year and over in uh, mm-hmm. Stillwater. First experience over there. I gave my takes. What are your thoughts on uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma, exactly? Well, I think that even me, somebody like me, they probably treat a little bit better than they treated you with the way that Arkansas played over there. Uh, but I love O'Brien. I love the stadium. I think it's a, I think it's one of the better ballparks, uh, you know, in the Big 12 country. Uh, but I'm sure that you probably had a much different experience than somebody like even I would. Yeah, they were they were pretty mean, man. They were. They... <laughs> <laughs> they were uh, they were not very they were not the friendliest bunch over there after it was all said and done. I'll say that. I, I could see that, especially after what was that the uh, the eighth inning of the Saturday game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it got <laughs> intense over there, man. But it was a lot of fun. But Eddie, man, appreciate you joining us, dude. Have a great bet, great fall time. camp, man. All right. Absolutely. Talk to you guys soon.